the Little Detours with Regina Brett, where we help you create a life you love out of the life you have. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Regina Brett. There is a rock star within you. Let's find her together. That's what Jen Farley does for a living. She rocks people's lives with her music and her guidance and helps them compose a life that they love. The words bundle of joy are usually reserved to describe a new baby. People often grow out of joy, but not Jen. Jen only gets more joyful with each passing year. I met her when she was a freshman back at Ohio University, living across the hall from my daughter in 1996. They became friends for life. Jen is the kind of person you want as a friend for life. She's a certified professional coach and a singer in the pop trio, Gin, Chocolate, and Bottle Rockets. And yes, you guessed right, she's the Bottle Rocket. Jen's also a motivational speaker whose life purpose is to bring energy and light, reflection and authenticity to others to foster their personal and professional growth. She also goes by the title mom, wife, daughter, sister, pop culture enthusiast, and my favorite, Director of Fun, capital D, capital F. Jen is joining us from Madison, Wisconsin. Jen, thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. What an interesting life. You know, and I remember when I met you, you were like a sparkler from the moment I saw you, that smile you have, it like lights up the room. And I want to talk about some of the meandering that your life has taken you because it's been quite a a ride, quite a journey. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Let's talk about your own personal rock star, Jonathan, your son, Jonathan. Yes. You, you married your husband, Mike. And then at what age were you guys when you had a, had a child? I can't remember. Um, I was 29 and we were living in Nashville, Tennessee at the time. And we had tried very, very hard to have a baby. And uh, Jonathan was our little miracle. And uh, he came along in 2007. And the whole journey of even trying to get pregnant is so mm-hmm. difficult. Was there any point where you almost gave up? Was oh, yeah, absolutely. I actually had some serious complications before Jonathan. I had an ectopic pregnancy before um, Jonathan uh, was conceived and I thought, that's it. Like, this isn't in the cards for me. But um, I then chose to focus on my health and to focus on whatever will be and being happy and internally happy. And lo and behold, here he comes, my, my Jonathan. So It's so funny sometimes when you let go of, yeah. of a dream or something and you just go on and live your life, then it sort of happens sometimes. Yes. You know, and it was devastating, but then at the same time, I can see the gift in it now from, you know, from that 3000 foot view that I needed to go through the pain in order to appreciate the goodness that was to come. So he was born and every, you know, you're excited. You got this little boy. Did you know ahead of time it was going to be a boy? I did. I did. And so you get this son and then at some point you realize something was, was different. Yes. What were the what were the signs? So first of all, we need to acknowledge how cute this child. Omg. When he was a baby, the like blonde hair, blue eyes, just like adorable little smile, like so cute. Um, I did start to notice that he wasn't speaking, and he wasn't using words. I mean, he could get what he wanted by leading us to places or uh, figuring it out in, for himself. And you know, he smiled and he was attentive. So I did not think it was anything that serious, but I noticed that he had a speech delay. And at the age of two, I was really concerned because he had zero words. And then six months later, he still had zero words, Um, like not even mama or anything. 
and at that time we were deciding to move to uh, Madison, Wisconsin. We were living in Nashville at the time. And we had decided to move to Madison just for a change of life. And uh, we wanted to head back north. And uh, there were some other opportunities there. What I did not know was when we moved to Madison, it is one of the best places for autism resources. So we knew he had a speech delay. We knew he had some developmental delays and was getting some therapy while we were in Tennessee. We moved to Madison. And here is where at the age of three-ish, he was diagnosed officially with autism spectrum disorder. So we got to jump in to uh, early interventions, and that was the key. That was the key to unlock everything. It's interesting you use the word unlock because it is almost like there's this key to children like Jonathan, and you've got to climb into their world in a way that's maybe different than you would with another child. Yes. Like the key is different. Yes. I think, too, that at the time of the diagnosis, I did go through a mourning period where I was like depressed and sad and upset. But then at the same time, at that point, I let go of all of my expectations that I had in terms of raising a child. And with his different therapies and the different things and avenues we needed to go through, I just felt like I was on a a new journey and he was leading the way. So Jen, do you think there comes a point where you almost have to I hate to use the word grief because it sounds so big, but it is a grief of losing the child you thought you were getting because we all think we're getting a certain kind of child. And then to, to let go of that. Yes, absolutely. And, and I think it's important to grieve because in order for you to feel all the feels, you need to also feel all the bad stuff too. Um, and it's really hard to do. But at the same time, I needed to let go. And that was part of my process was to be sad and to to be angry. But then at the same time, how long do I want to keep my hand on the hot stove? You know, (laughs) this boy needed, needed help and I needed to help him. I needed to champion for him in order to grow and become who he is. And I remember co-parenting with my husband and I said, you know what, either get on the bus or not because the bus is leaving. Like we, we need to do this for our son. So there are a lot of moments of, of like that, road splitting kind of where you really have to say, okay, this is the son we have. We got to figure out how to understand him and teach him and celebrate him and let him teach us. Mm-hmm. And you probably have to let go of relationships that maybe aren't able to celebrate your son or honor him. Yeah. Yeah. And it gets to a point too, where it's like, okay, he is who he is and I'm not going to be sad about it either. And a lot of people would whisper autism, and, you know, because they don't want to use the A word. And at this point, it's like, I want to celebrate him. Like he didn't choose this. He didn't choose to have some neurodiversity. Like I want to celebrate who he is and I want others to celebrate who he is because when you get to know him, he is hilarious and he's remarkable. And I have to say with early intervention and with the therapies that we went through, the boy is thriving now. Like he is mainstreamed in school. He's a seventh grader now. And he talks so much now. When I was afraid he wasn't going to talk, oh my God, no, he talks a lot. I just, you know, I have to celebrate who he is, not what he is. That's really beautiful way to look at it. And that neurodiversity, what a beautiful way to to describe autism, because like you said, it was a whisper, oh, like a bad diagnosis. It's like, no, this is just part of who he is in the mix of him with his color of eyes and hair color and everything else. Yeah. Honestly, I have to remember that too. Those were reminders that I have to have. Like, I can't change that diagnosis. Um, Sometimes it's a good reminder. 
Well, and it is a constant adventure. You know, you've written on Facebook and shared in blog posts. Sometimes the adventure was really hard and, and, and it wasn't always, you know, rainbows and unicorns. I mean, no, they're, they're just like a little snapshot for us of, of the tough times. Just uh, acknowledge that for somebody maybe still going through that. Yeah, yeah. I remember my husband was out of town and I was parenting alone and I was upset about something. And I think Jonathan had gotten into some, something and made a big mess. And I was so upset. I was so upset because I thought we had moved past making this mess. And I thought that he knew better. And I, you know, I put him in the bathtub. I'm trying to wash him off and I'm overwhelmed with everything in life and I'm by myself and I just start crying. I'm just like sobbing, right? And this wasn't early when we didn't know what really what was going on and I, I was just sobbing and he looked at me and he started laughing. And that's when I was like, you know, I, I could so- continue to sob and be sad or I could laugh with him or I could just acknowledge that he's laughing and, and move on, you know, the but then I'm not alone in this either, that there's also another human in front of me and this is his reaction. And, you know, I can feed off of what he's giving me as well. So, you know, there are just those moments of feeling so lonely and so, so alone. In, I just, I can't think of any other word. So alone in, in this journey and forgetting all of the people and support that I did have around me. And I love that moment of, of where you kind of pause and like, okay, I could continue to cry and be sad. I could laugh like him, or I could just sort of honor that we're in two different places right here, and, and that's okay. Yes. You know? <laughs> and it's sort of like making peace with the okayness of what everybody else would judge is not okay. It just mm-hmm. is what it is. It's your life. Right. Uh, tell us about the yellow milk cartons. I just, I just thought there was such an interesting view into his brain, into his, uh, his yeah. idea of life. So Jonathan gets fixated on things, and he gets fixated to things that make him feel comfortable. So he was really fixated on our blue Honda Accord that we had. And to this day, we still have Honda Accords and Honda cars. And in fact, our car dealership knows Jonathan by name because we go there and look at all the cars. This is this has been years, but Hondas bring him comfort. Another thing that brought him comfort was yellow milk. And yellow milk is 2% low-fat milk from a grocery store roundies here in Wisconsin. And this was the milk that they served at his daycare. And he was responsible for bringing the milk to the table at the daycare. Well, when he was home, he also wanted to have that yellow milk, but he didn't want to drink the yellow milk. He wanted to have the yellow milk out sitting at the table. Like it was his friend because the yellow milk just brought him comfort. It made him feel good. So for a long time, we would buy a separate yellow milk just to have sitting out and we'd replace it every week because it's disgusting having a carton of milk sitting out and we put yellow milk in the fridge at night. So yellow milk started becoming a part of our family. It became a person. In fact, we would take walks and he would put yellow milk in a stroller and walk yellow milk. I think yellow milk came with us trick-or-treating one year as well. We put a cape on it. But again, had to laugh. I had to laugh. Like this is what he was attached to. Like that was his comfort. And I couldn't question it because it brought him so much joy. Well, one time the um, grocery store changed the labels on on the yellow milk. And we go to the grocery store to buy the milk and it's a different label. And that threw us into a tailspin because 
that was not what brought him comfort. It was the one that he knew. So I posted on Facebook, if anyone has a yellow milk carton that has this specific label, let me know. And then we were going to figure it out from there, like either like fill it with paint and water and, you know, try and recreate the yellow milk that we had. And the outpouring of love and support from people that I didn't even know was amazing. I had people in Iowa and in Texas looking for this label. I had someone whose sister worked at the print shop that made those labels and sent them to like sent like a, a bunch of them to me that were left over. I had another person contact the company and the company made Jonathan his own special label for all the milks. It was unbelievable. Like within 24 hours, the love and support. And I just put that on Facebook. Like, this is kind of funny. This is, this is something we're dealing with. Change is hard. Oh, well. And it was shared and it brought joy to other people too, because how much this kid loved this one thing. So we ended up getting a whole bunch of cartons of the old yellow milk and we filled it up with flour because flour is white and it is also heavy. And uh, to this day, we still have yellow milk curtains sitting in our closet because I don't want them out so much anymore, but because he's not as obsessed, but again, it's a comfort. So he wants to know there it's there. So we have yellow milk sitting in our closet that is filled with flour. I love that you reached out just in a gentle, small way and And the support was so big. Like there are really people that just want to be there for you. Regina, I have to say, like I was floored because I had, again, no expectation. I was just sharing a little snippet of of our life and the amount of people that knew Jonathan and loved him, knew me and loved me, knew my husband and loved him. They just wanted to help. And And to me, that was accepting Jonathan for who he is. That was a moment where people came together and really, um, really said yes to, to Jonathan. I remember reading it and I was so fascinated by him and by the outpouring and just that everybody could celebrate him and love him as is and let him kind of like teach us how to value something that the world maybe doesn't value, but to him, it was important. Yeah. Yeah. We don't look at yellow milk the same. <laughs> Jen, we are already at the halfway mark. I just want to pause and thank listeners for turning to Little Detours with Regina Brett. We're listening to Jen Farley talking about how to be a rock star. First, she shared her rock star, Jonathan. We're going to get into her voice. I know you have many podcast choices. Thanks for listening to mine. Well, we could talk about Jonathan forever. He's a great kid. And oh my God, he's so huggable. That face of his is, you just want to squeeze it. I know. He probably hates at 13. He still loves hugs. Oh, good, good, good. I want to segue into your voice and your music. You know, Jonathan has found his voice and you've also shared some of his drumming and some of his love of music, your husband, and you both love music. How did you find your, literally find your voice as a singer? You know, we talk about finding our voice, but to be able to get up on stage and know like, okay, I'm going to get out there and belt it out. How do you do that, Jen? I have to be honest. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I have been singing since I can remember. Um, When I was like four or five, there is recordings of me getting up on fireplaces and belting out Annie. I have always been a singer. I've always been an entertainer. And that was a big identity for me growing up. I was always the girl that could sing or always the girl that was in theater. In fact, I just, I remember just, that's what I would do. Like that's how people knew me. In college, I also sang in, in a cover band 
Um, and music is how I met my husband because he was also in a band. Um, and then we, we moved to Nashville to pursue it. While in Nashville, I realized I didn't have the drive that so many people did. And I, I stopped singing and I, I just was like, I need to take a break. I just, I don't want to do this. I, it felt like a machine, you know, like this, like yeah. expectations again, like expectations of what you should be, how you should be to make it, what you need to look like. And I just lost the drive and the passion for singing and entertaining. So then along comes Jonathan and I go through my Jonathan journey as a, as a new parent. And we moved to Madison, Wisconsin, and I was just happy being a mom, but I knew that there was something missing in my life. There was an authentic piece of me that wasn't being seen. And I happened to meet a woman here in Madison who really empowers other women to find their voice. And she would host uh, these singer nights for women every three, three months or so. And she would highlight five women singers and have a house band and you can come and perform. And through mutual friend, we met and she invited me to come sing. So I did. And I tore the house down. <laughs> like wow. I, rocked the, I rocked the faces off. <laughs> like build up all that time. Like what? Oh. Not like a volcano, like all that energy, like wow. I had a friend here in, in Wisconsin who didn't know me as a singer. And I was like, oh, can you come watch me do this practice or whatever? And she's like, okay. And I went up on stage and she says to her husband, I hope that she doesn't suck. <laughs> and I went up there and blew it away. And it was so much fun because when I'm on stage, I am me. I am fully me. Like, honestly, it's one of those moments where you just... I don't want to say blackout, but like you like are lifted in another place. And after I did that chick singer night or the women singer night, I realized like, oh, this is something that's missing from my life. And I was lucky enough that the woman, Beth, who organized all this stuff, asked me if I would be interested in forming a, a group with her with another woman. And the three of us came together and it has been gangbusters ever since. <laughs> like we just want to rule the world. But it's about finding our passion and being authentic and being honest with who we are. We are not going to go out and sell a million songs and be number one on the charts, but we are going to be honest and present with each other and enjoy making music. And that is really what's so fulfilling. You know, it's interesting that just doing it for the pure joy of it, what a difference than having it become a burden that you have to do. And then it almost feels like homework instead of like a celebration of who you are. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. How did you come up with a name, Gin, Chocolate, and Bottle Rockets? My friends, Beth and Shawnee, they were starting a duo and they had written a song about gin and chocolate. If you don't know, gin and chocolate are things that you keep in your purse in Wisconsin in the month of February to get through the month. It's <laughs> like our, our running joke because it, it is snowy here. It is cold. Um, it's very much like Cleveland, but, uh, a little like turned up a little bit. Right. <laughs> so they had started this duo and they ended up calling it gin and chocolate. And then when I came along, they said, well, we can't call it just gin and chocolate anymore. What do we do? And Shawnee said, well, if it's Jen, we should call it gin, chocolate and bottle rockets. And there you go. Took off. It took off. Well, I've heard you perform um, here in Cleveland and oh my gosh, you guys, I mean, I've known you for a long time, but I had no idea the power when you get on that stage that comes through you. And it is almost like a, almost like a spiritual experience to, to experience you come so alive 
and you guys are like, like the Dixie chicks to me, but with a little more yeah. rocky edge, you know, there's just some real, some real power you have as women up there together. And, and we celebrate each other for who we are. We're all three very different women. And there are times when the three of us are harmonizing that we don't know whose voice is whose. It's like, we are that connected. And honestly, to, I feel so blessed to be able to make music with those two other women and to have found this in my life in my forties. Like, so exciting. You know? I feel, I'm like the luckiest person in the world. I really am. You are. you are. And I love that thing about expectations too. You know, with Jonathan, you had to release whatever expectations every parent has. And even with music, the expectation of making it big and doing touring, whatever, we always have this idea of what it should be. And, but sometimes that trips us up and we can't enjoy what is and really go, wow, this is great as is. Yeah. Expectation equals disappointment in my, in my book. That is so true. And if you just, I don't know, that's celebrating what you get. Yeah. And I think if you let go of expectations, you are more present and, and able to be grateful for what is in front of you. It's almost like if somebody gave you a gift and you open it, but you were expecting something else, you wouldn't go, oh my God, look at what they gave me. You'd be like, oh, it's kind of disappointing. But that's kind of how life is, you know? If you expect a sunny day and you get rain, it's like, but if you really wanted rain, you'd be happy. Yeah, exactly. What is that letting go? So I want to move into the coaching because you're coaching has kind of been that harmony also. Like your singing has been about harmonizing and even Jonathan about bringing harmony to your life, like blending who he is into who you are and your husband. And this idea of coaching, how did you decide you wanted to be a life coach to really guide people? Through the band, we started doing some motivational speaking and some of the things that we talked about was living in harmony. And I was you know, going in front of people and corporations and organizations. And I felt that I needed something else to give me credibility. At the time, I was also working at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and I was working with students directly. And I was part of their journey as well. And I felt like I also needed some credibility there too. So there is this program at the University of Wisconsin-Madison for certified professional life coaching. And I started looking into it. And it was like a light bulb. It was like, this is the bridge. This is the thread that puts everything together. The work that I'm doing at the university, the work I'm doing at home, the work I'm doing um, with my band, like it all makes sense. And honestly, like I, I started the program September, 2019, and it was like a light bulb. Like this made sense to me because I learned how to listen to people. I learned how to ask powerful questions and get curious. I learned how to be a better friend and how to really celebrate the authentic values that I had as well as those in others. I just, I feel like, again, so lucky, so blessed that um, I was able to find this career path. I have searched a lot and done a lot of different things in my life and in my career. And this is the first time that it just feels like it makes sense. That's beautiful. I love what you said about you learn to ask powerful questions and to get curious. I think so many of us, myself included, are often just sharing what we know instead of asking questions to find out what we don't know and being curious about the other person in front of us. Yeah. Coaching is not about advising and telling someone what to do, because if you tell someone what to do, they may go do it, but it might not resonate with them. But if you walk next to that person, if you ask questions about it, 
and they come up with the realization themselves that is so much more powerful to be able to be next to someone and guide versus tell. It's a whole different story. You know, as a writer, we always say, uh, show, don't tell. It's the same type of thing, kind of like to be there to guide instead of hammer down, lecture, advice, you know, people don't say that. Yeah. One of your things that you offer uh, is Rockstar Within Coaching. So I love that idea, the Rockstar Within, the fact that you get up on stage and sing, wow, like maybe not, we're not all going to do that, but maybe there's something else that's our stage. So how does somebody kind of tap into that Rockstar of who they are? Yes. I had designed this workshop specifically for women in their, between their thirties and sixties, this time where we're feeling maybe a little low energy, a little humdrum stuck in what we're doing. Um, But we all have a rock star within us because we all have these special, amazing talents that make us who we are. So really identifying what that is, what your values are and the ways that you can amplify that is truly what makes you a rock star. You don't have to get up on stage and sing. You don't have to rock out on a guitar and do the riffs the right way. You know, you need to be able to amplify you. You need to be able to amplify your talents. And that's what really makes a rock star a rock star. The definition of a rock star, like, what is that? What are the attributes? One of the things is confidence, you know? So sometimes it's really just finding your confidence or finding um, the joy within. I love that amplify you. I think you were born with an amplifier. You just like, I know in a good way, you've always been just this really like this human sparkler. And even when things are rough, it isn't like your life has been just a really merry-go-round, la, la, la. I mean, but you still, even in the midst of sadness and difficulty, you are still able to come back to that amplifying the joy of who Jen is. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting that you say that just because, you know, 2020 has been hard. And 2020 has been hard for everyone. Our family included, we have had some tremendous losses and a lot of grief. And to be able to find gifts within the grief and to be able to identify those gifts and to be able to enjoy the community that you build around you and the and the relationships that you have, like that's what gets me through the day. So I'm sure it'll help other people as well. Um, I would rather laugh than cry. And back to Jonathan, I think that he taught me that so long ago, (laughs) sitting in a bathtub. (laughs) So he is your teacher. You know, I think sometimes we think our kids are here for us to teach, but I really do believe that they are our little Buddhas. And I wonder, what do you think Jonathan has taught you most in his 13 years, which I can't believe he's 13. All right. Jonathan has taught me to let go of expectation and really the value in presence and, um, and gratitude, you know, we're both grateful for the things that we have, the little things like yellow milk we're grateful for. Um, so being able to be grateful for the little things and acknowledging those things is what really makes a fulfilling life. Well, I love that you share him with us on Facebook because I love his little quotes and his way he sees the world. And I feel like it's like a star that shines a little differently. And I'm like, Ooh, I never thought of it that way. I never looked at it that way. So thank you for sharing Jonathan. And, and Jen, I wonder, you have a lot of support in your life. How does somebody kind of create their dream team of support? You've done it. I don't know if it's by nature that you attract people that are like there for you, but how does somebody kind of harness the right people to be support? That's a good question. 
I am a gatherer of people. If you are, <laughs> if you are in my life, you're going to be there for a long time. And uh, it takes a lot to get out of that, that little group. I have friends that I have been friends with since I was in fourth grade that I'm still very close with. I have friends, your daughter, who is still one of my closest friends. Um, and then people that I just met last week. For me, it's about those connections. For me, it's about seeing these people for who they are and enjoying who they are. And um, I don't know, it just, I want to build a community and I want to build a life of love. So uh, yeah, if you're in my life, you're in it. <laughs> you're not going anywhere. <laughs> and you're loved fiercely. I got to tell you, I, I just really, I love your presence. And, uh, and thank you, Jen, for sharing all this with us. I'm going to have to close here. I just want to thank you for joining us. Tell us the best way to connect with you. First, your website for people to go to. Yes, my website is coachjenfarley.com. And um, I'm also on social media, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, at, at Coach Jen Farley. Um, and I have workshops for higher education uh, for students to help bridge academic and professional careers. I also have workshops that I'm working on to find the rock star within. And then I'm also accepting one-on-one clients as well. Good deal. And I'll have links to all of that on my website, reginabrett.com. You know, my biggest takeaway today, Jen, is the idea of releasing expectations and living in harmony with what is. Yeah. It seems like that's what you've done with Jonathan, with the move to Madison, with your singing, the idea of harmonizing with these other two women, and even with coaching to help people kind of bring that harmony into their lives. So I do want to ask you your answer to this question. I ask every guest, what is the best thing you do for yourself every day to create a life you love out of the life you have? So every morning I wake up and I have a cup of coffee and I sit in my sunroom and I have a beautiful view of a pond and a field of trees and I have a journal and in my journal is um, a list for each day and each day I look and write down something that I'm grateful for. So taking a moment in the morning to be grateful um, has been such an important part of what makes me who I am and just to acknowledge those things is really powerful. Oh, that's beautiful, Jen. Well, thank you. And you're on my list today of uh, people I'm grateful for. You're always on my list, Regina. <laughs> <laughs> Me and 3,000 other people. <laughs> well, you're in my group, so you're not All going right. anywhere. <laughs> not going anywhere. All right. Thanks so much, Jen. Thank you, Regina. Thanks for listening to Little Detours with Regina Brett. If you want to know more about today's guest and topic, head to my podcast page at reginabrett.com. There you can also subscribe to my email newsletter, so you never miss an opportunity to be inspired. For more episodes, you can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. While you're there, please rate and review my show so we can reach and inspire even more people. Thanks for joining us today. Now go make something possible.